The Office of Congressional Workplace Rights was tasked by Congress to develop a modernized process for alternative dispute resolution. It has done so within the 180-day deadline. Joining me with how it works and how they developed it, OCWR Executive Director Susan Sway Grunman. Ms. Grunman, good to have you back. Great to hear your voice, Tom. All right. So this alternative dispute resolution process, let's begin at the end. What is it an alternative to? It's an alternative to the past process. And let me just say that some have said that today is a new day in our office and in the legislative community, not including our name change and not including the changes to our administrative process. Let me talk about the four significant differences that mark the fact that we are in a new era. First, the Reform Act requires that every employing office develop and implement a program designed and educate their to educate their employees about their rights, protections, and procedures under the CAA. And more than that, every employing office has to report to Congress on the implementation of that program by today. Second, um, there is a mandatory notice posting of employee workplace rights, and that's not just a poster, but a visual representation of what rights and protections are available to employees in the legislative branch. Third, Workplace rights and protections now cover unpaid employees in the legislative branch, and that includes interns, detailees, and fellows. It's a huge step in terms of protecting individuals in our community. And finally, to ensure that all these new reforms are working, the lawmakers have gone the extra step of mandating the first legislative-wide workplace survey to include questions regarding respondents' attitudes towards sexual harassment, what they saw, what they heard, and whether and how they reported it. So it's a new act, new process, new name, and with it comes new transparency. It sounds like it took Congress many years to get off the blocks on this, but when they did, they really did. They hit the ground running. One of the features is a new dispute resolution process. All the things that you mentioned, dispute resolution is at the heart of it. And Absolutely. So the, the process applies in what types of situations, and then you can describe how the process works. Well, the process is streamlined now compared to the old system. Um, certain processes have been eliminated. Uh, certain processes are now voluntary, such as mediation, and now employees can proceed immediately to court after initiating a claim with us. We do have a new step in our process, which involves a preliminary review by a hearing officer within the first 30 days of filing the claim, Um, and that is to determine whether the claim is covered and whether the uh, claim has stated a cause of action. The hearing process is pretty much still the same, but the whole thing is a lot faster, and certainly it's faster than going to federal court. I see. And if someone doesn't like, well, so in alternative dispute resolution, does that mean that the normal hearing adjudicator would not be part of it and there would be arbitration or how does that all work? We have uh, hearing officers, a number of them that we assign individually to cases. So it's, it's more than arbitration and it's less than federal practice, federal court practice. Okay. And I guess the question is, How close is this to, say, what is available to executive branch employees under the Merit Systems Protection Board, which you have long experience with before here? They're not quite the same in the sense that this process is far faster than the administrative process in the executive branch. Um, There are only a couple steps. There's that preliminary review that occurs within the 30 days, and then if that um, 
comes together, then the employee can either go to court immediately or can proceed through our administrative process right after the report. So it is much faster. And relative to before these reforms within the congressional branch, how is it also much faster? Yes, yes, because certain processes have been eliminated, such as the initial process, such as a mandatory mediation, such as a cooling-off process, which the employee had to wait 30 days before they could file a claim in court or um, in our administrative process. Now, the employee can be in court on day one and will have a preliminary review report within the first 30 days. We're speaking with Susan Sway Grunman. She's executive director of the Office of Congressional Workplace Rights. And we should point out, or have you point out, I guess, that this is not simply employees of members of Congress, but all of the other congressional agencies that exist on Capitol Hill? Exactly. There's the Library of Congress, there's the Architect of the Capitol, there's the U.S. Capitol Police, and a number of other entities. So we provide services to about 35,000 employees, not just in the Washington, D.C. area, but throughout the country. And Congress mandated this new process and some of these other reforms. How did you go about designing the system that you have come up with? Was there rulemaking or how did it work? Well, we did it the old school way. Uh, We actually identified statutory changes that require um, uh, movement on our part. So we had in-house teams with timelines and deadlines, the most significant of which, as you just mentioned, when the law changed, we had to amend our procedural rules, and we amended them in record time, and those rules are published today, June 19th, which is the implementation date of um, this new legislation. We actually had a single individual whose primary task is to keep track of every team, note every benchmark, and to ensure that we adhere to every deadline. We had incredible support from uh, all our oversight committees and our appropriators throughout. We had well-thought-out input from our stakeholders, the employing offices, the employee representatives, and the House Ethics Committee, all who weighed in on our draft rules. And last but no means least, we, had a, we have a highly focused staff who knew what challenges lay before us six months ago and rose to the task at hand. We are elated and we are exhausted. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's like running a marathon in some ways. You feel the same way, elated and exhausted. But you answered the question I had explicitly, and that is members of Congress themselves that passed this legislation were involved with you every step of the way, it sounds like. Every step of the way. The committees were always there for us whenever we needed them. And give us a sense of the caseload that you've been dealing with in the office and what you expected to do as a result of these new procedures and processes. Yeah, that, that's a great question, but let me backtrack a little bit to October of 2017, which was the beginning of the Me Too movement on, on Capitol Hill. Uh, that year, we saw the lowest number of cases we had in years. Now, flash forward to 2018, uh, which we had almost the complete opposite, with case filings almost doubling. And this year, we are on track to meet that same number again, with, interestingly enough, a distinct increase in the last few weeks as to folks who filed under the old system, not the new system. So we've had about 25 years under the old process. And because of the Reform Act's implementation date about in the last quarter of our fiscal year, we really won't have a full year of data until the end of 2020. So let's talk then. And just to clarify, if someone filed a complaint under the old system, can they transfer to the new system? Is this retroactive to your current 
pending cases? That's a great question, because if you filed under the old system, you ha- you were you're going to be in the old system still. Um, if you unless you can dismiss your claim and file under the new system, but your violations still would have to be within 180 days of the alleged violation. So it's a timeliness issue, whether you can use the new system or the old system. And as a follow-up, you mentioned unpaid employees, including the interns and fellows, and that's a pretty regular occurrence on Capitol Hill. has been for many years. Now there's some grant money coming in to pay some of the interns, but a lot of them are still unpaid, and that sounds like a real breakthrough. Sure. I mean, I'm not sure I've seen this in any other kind of community, but it's interns, detailees, and fellows. And there is a high, potentially a high degree of turnover in terms of interns on Capitol Hill. Susan Sway Grunman is executive director of the Office of Congressional Workplace Rights. I guess we should congratulate you on getting to this milestone. And thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure, Tom. We'll post this interview on federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.